Oh Lord, here I am again I keep coming back to you I am so ashamed You know the awful things I do Sins I regret So hard to forget Welcome to Weekdays with Jesus. Have you ever felt like you've done so many things wrong that God won't be able to forgive you? Well, rest assured that there's nothing you can do to make God love you any less. He loves you so much. Today's message and song are both about a person's plea for mercy and the grace that God offers us, even if we don't feel like we deserve it. Our ending song today is a song of confession and forgiveness that I wrote and recorded a few years ago. But first, Pastor Matt Wallace. Today is Reformation Sunday, and so today's reading um, is from Romans chapter 3, verses 19 through 28. Romans 3, 19 through 28. Here's what it says. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. What then becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. This is the word of the Lord. All right, opening uh, question for this morning is this. What's something you've done or accomplished that you're really proud of? Uh, what is something you have done or accomplished of which you are really proud of? could be something you've achieved, something you made, uh, something you did, anything at all, but that you're proud of it, that you were able to do it, what is something you have done or accomplished of which you are really proud? Uh, you can jump on the live chat to answer if you're worshiping along with us at home, uh, or uh, if you're in the room or at home, you can also text your answer to 407-842-8884, that's on your screens now. Pastor Chris will get that and be able to relay your responses to me. So while we're waiting uh, for some of those responses, hopefully to come through, yeah, today is Reformation Sunday. If you don't know what Reformation Sunday is or the Reformation, it is when uh, Martin Luther uh, broke away uh, from the Catholic Church, basically, uh, back in the 1500s, I think around in the 1540s, if I'm remembering correctly. And, uh, but it's mostly about this the main point of the Reformation and the things that Martin Luther were talking about and then subsequent Protestants after him uh, was this idea that we are saved by faith alone and not by our good works. 
So we are saved, we are made righteous, we are uh, promised eternal life uh, based on faith in Jesus alone and not by our good works. So I will tell you, I'm a guy that loves theology. I love theology, I love doctrine, I love studying that kind of stuff, love studying the Bible, digging into these issues. Uh, I recognize that not everyone always feels the same as me. Uh, and so it may at first glance seem like this is a pretty theological concept, like what uh, practical result could this knowledge have in my life? Uh, but I actually believe that we're going to find today that it can have quite a profound effect on our lives. In fact, you can tell this just by looking at the life of Martin Luther. I don't know if you guys have ever done that, and he was uh, far from being a perfect man. But in his younger days, he was essentially tormented by guilt because he felt like he was never good enough. He looked at what the church taught. He looked at what some of the stuff he saw in Scripture. And, you know, it was all about being obedient. It was all about pleasing God. It was all about avoiding sin. And he felt like he could never do that. It was never enough. No matter how hard he worked at it, no matter how hard he tried, uh, he could never achieve that righteousness. He always still sinned. He always still backslid. He always still did things that he knew he was not supposed to do. He didn't feel like he loved God enough. He didn't feel like he believed in God enough. And essentially, this made him miserable. It made him completely miserable. In fact, uh, there's a famous story of uh, he, he was uh, sitting at a desk writing, and he picked up the inkwell, the little jar of ink, and he threw it at the wall, smashing it, because he had a vision. He thought he saw the devil there mocking him uh, because he was a fraud, because here he was, a monk and a priest, but he was still a sinner. He drove himself hard. Uh, he kept working and studying day and night in an effort to be worthy, and he never felt like he was worthy. That was until... He finally realized through his study of Scripture that that isn't what saves us, that we're not saved by our works, but we're saved by faith, by God's grace given to us in faith. And that changed his whole life. Uh, Pastor Chris, did we get some answers, some stuff people are really proud of? Oh, yeah, we got some great answers, Pastor Matt. Uh, let's get started. Alex says getting his kids to finally do their own laundry uh, that's pretty good. Okay. Um, somebody, I don't know who this was, they didn't include their name, but it says, uh, my daughter said that trunk last night. That's pretty great. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. Some people, uh, John Grunkley did a 5K night ops frogman swim. It sounds intense. Uh, yeah. uh, somebody said, adopted two children. Uh, we've got a couple people who finished their MBA. Uh, Owen said, getting a superior at state for junior thespians. That's a lot of people said, raising responsible children. I agree. That's awesome. And finally, Lily, this one took some dedication. Lily said she finished a whole season of Outer Banks and Stranger Things in three days. <laughs> so that's, you really yeah. got to be focused to do that's something That's right. Like that. Yes, yeah. it takes dedication yeah. to get in that kind of binge watching. Yeah. Uh, so there are some fun things to, to, to boast about, right? There's some fun things to be proud of. Obviously, we achieve things in life, and there's nothing wrong uh, with being uh proud of those things when we're able to do it. Uh, but there is an issue 
when that pride starts to creep into our relationship with God. Um, see, there's really two, when we're faced as Christians, or anyone really, when we're faced with the law, right? And so when I say the law, I mean basically like the commandments of God. So it's more than just the Ten Commandments, but that's a good place to start. We can just start there. So we're faced with something like the Ten Commandments, right? And uh, we tend to go one of two ways with it. And one of the first ways we go is the same way that uh, um, the rich young ruler did in Scripture. In Scripture, there's a story of this guy who's described as a rich young ruler. And he comes to Jesus, and he's like, Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And uh, Jesus says, well, you know the commandments. And he names off a couple of them. And uh, the kid goes, oh, yeah, I've done all that. I've kept all those commandments since I was a boy, right? That is one of the ways that we often go with this. We'll, we'll look at the Ten Commandments, particularly what we call the second table, the stuff that seems pretty obvious, like, uh, like uh, don't steal. And then we go, okay, well, I mean, I've never uh, robbed a bank or a 7-Eleven. Uh, you know, check, I didn't steal, right? Uh, and then it says, don't murder. You know, we're like, well... I've never killed a man, so, you know, check, uh, right? So I'm, I'm starting to feel pretty good about myself uh, with that really low bar that I've set, right? Uh, that I am keeping the law. And the problem that happens when we do that, when we start to do that is we can, number one, start to look down on other people that we don't think are doing as good as we are right? So we just talked last week, I think it was, about the Pharisee and the tax collector. Thank you, God, for not making me like that guy. Or the other thing that can happen is we start to think we also don't need God, because why would we? Because we're doing just fine without him. Well, the law addresses that, right? We can go back to verse 19, it says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. So the whole world is going to be held accountable to God. And so look, here's what that means. Let's, we're not going to mince any words here. This is what it means. You're a sinner, and I'm a sinner. We are all going to be held accountable to God. Whether you believe it or not, whether you like it or not, that's the truth. Now, you guys know me. I'm not a fire and brimstone guy. I'd rather talk about grace and love and forgiveness and mercy. But if we think we're making it in the eyes of God, if we think we're doing great in the eyes of God, we're lying to ourselves. That's why often... <clears throat> I don't even use the word sin uh, because it's, that's easier to dismiss, in my opinion. But sometimes I'll just say things like this when we're confessing our sins or something. I'll, I'll use language like this. We've done things that hurt ourselves and that hurt other people. You, again, you look at the Ten Commandments, that's mostly what it's about. And so which one of us would stand up here, because I know I wouldn't, and say, I've never done anything I regret in my life, right? I've never done anything that hurt myself or had negative consequences. Which one of us would stand up here and go, I've never hurt anyone else, never hurt their feelings or done anything to harm them, 
Right? When you start to put it that way, it starts to become clear. We absolutely have done these things. When we realize that, though, now instead of boasting, we might go the other direction. Because sometimes that can make you start to feel kind of bad about yourself. Sometimes it can kind of be kind of soul and spirit crushing. That's not what God wants us to feel, or at least not for long. Second question of the day before we continue. So this one, I I think I maybe went a little too esoteric. Uh, I didn't get a lot of responses at eight, so, you know, if you can think of anything, send it in. Uh, But I want you to think about a time uh, when you pushed yourself past your limit. When you thought, my limit's here, I can do this many reps or whatever, I can go this far or I can get this thing done, and then you ended up having to push past that and do even more, right? It could be any kind of thing. It could be something you're doing for work or school. It could be something athletic or physical you're doing, building something, whatever. A time that you pushed yourself past your limit. Um, I was thinking about this because uh, the other day I was reading an article, kind of like a men's health thing, and it, it had a bunch of questions, uh, had a bunch of questions uh, that you could ask yourself, right? It wasn't really a quiz, but it was more to be like self-reflective of, of how, how healthy you are and kind of what trajectory you're on. And one of the questions was this, when was the last time you pushed yourself so hard that you couldn't help but put your hands on your knees, Right? So, you know, whew, one of these things right here, right? And uh, uh, it's not so much that question, right? For me, that question, and this isn't a brag, uh, but so at least twice a week when I do jujitsu, and that's not a brag because I can barely get up off the floor after I do that, so uh, it's, it's pretty difficult. Um, but what it really started making me thinking of was other times in life when we hit those limits, when we hit those walls where we just, just got to stop, can't go anymore, right? It's not just physical things that that happens with. Sometimes it's with emotional things. Sometimes it's with all the pressure and stresses that we feel on ourselves in life. Sometimes we hit our limit. We feel like we just can't take it anymore. Uh, Pastor Chris, did we, did we get some? Yeah, my Let's, mic died. Oh, your mic died. What's up? Yeah, that one never works. Doesn't work? Well, I mean, it works, but only for Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where there is another one up here. Oh, there we go. Check, check, check. Yeah, there we that, go. that just pushed my limits right there. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Here we go. We got a few great answers here. Uh, wow. Someone ran 39 miles in Disney's Goofy Marathon. I don't Was like that dri- Carolyn Litwin? I don't like driving 39 miles. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Kyle did a 100-mile bike ride and took a wrong turn at mile 85 and ended up having to take five additional miles. <laughs> so he rode 105 miles. That's uh, uh, let's see. If you, uh, you John Grunkley, another 100-mile bike ride. Gee, we got some really healthy people here. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, yeah. Uh, Sue Stark said chemo almost pushed her past her limits there. Uh, uh, 
And finally, we have trying to remodel an old home by herself. Thank God for friends and everyone who paints. <laughs> That's pretty oh, good. All right, yeah. So yeah, I, so I'll just share one that I shared at the 8 o'clock is uh, I briefly tried my hand at swimming laps for exercise. And so it was a big pool, it's 25 yards one way. And so, uh, but I think an official lap is 50. So uh, and I knew how to swim and I wasn't like a couch potato. So I was like, no problem, you know? And so I get in and I swim 25 yards to the other side. I turn around, I start heading back and I'm about halfway back and I am dogging it. And I'm starting to think to myself like, I'm not gonna make it. And then I was like, but I'm in the deep end of the pool. Like I, there's no not making it. You know what I mean? You have to keep going. So uh, I pushed through and did not drown that day. Yes. So, uh, Pastor Matt, this one was too good. Not I, I missed this on Facebook. Martha said, "Children's bedtime." That's so good. <laughs> That's great. when you hit your limit. Yeah. That's actually a good one to end on because honestly, that what we're talking about today is not the other kind of limits. Uh, we're talking about those kind of emotional limits. Uh, those stress limits, those limits of, of what you can take spiritually. Um, I, I have a, a pastor friend, and uh, uh, he was telling me a story about another guy he knew, also a pastor, um, who um, unfortunately ended up taking his own life at a certain point. And uh, my friend uh, saw him uh, a few weeks before that ended up happening. They were at like some, I don't know, some meeting together. And he could tell not everything was right with the guy. And so uh, uh, he, he went up to talk to him, and he, he just was asking him how it was going. And I think they had a little more of a conversation than this, but the thing that rem- stuck in my head was uh, my friend asked this other guy how, how he was doing, and he said this. He said, God has a lot of work left to do on me. Like he was struggling, and it was just like, God has a lot of work left to do on me. God doesn't want us to feel that way. Um, it's easy to get caught up in those two ways that the law of God can affect us, either fooling ourselves into thinking we're making it or just being like absolutely crushed by it. Neither of those places are where God wants us to stay. Neither of those places are where God wants us to live. That's why he brings in a third option, which is grace, which is mercy, which is forgiveness. In verse 21 it says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. So you can be made righteous without the law, not by keeping commandments, but in another way. What is that way in verse 22? The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. When we have faith in Jesus Christ, we receive that new kind of righteousness. And it continues, for there is no distinction. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we're all sinners, but are justified by his grace as a gift. God knows we're sinners. God knows we can't save ourselves. God knows we can't obey the law. We'll either be made self-righteous or we'll be crushed by it. And so he brings us a new righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. It's unfortunate that it didn't really have the effect he wanted it to, but my friend had a great response to that pastor. When that pastor said, God has a lot of work left to do on me. 
My friend said, no, he doesn't. Jesus took all that on the cross. Jesus said, it is finished. You are righteous. You are forgiven right now. That was true for him, and it's true for us. Yeah, when we get boastful, when we get arrogant, when we get self-righteous, the law comes and kind of crushes us, but God doesn't leave us there. He sends Jesus who comes and says, yes, but you are forgiven. We no longer have to worry about the law because Jesus fulfilled the law. And when God looks at us now, he does not see our sin. Instead, he sees the righteousness of Jesus that has been given to us through faith. And that changes our relationship with God. It changes how we live our life. On the one hand, uh, we don't have to be afraid of God as this angry, wrathful God that wants to punish us. Instead, we can see him as a good father that gives good gifts to his children. We can see Jesus as a brother and as a friend, and we can know that he loves us. And that all, everything Jesus did, he did for us. And so instead of seeing ourselves as worthless, we can see ourselves as that valuable, that God himself would send his only son for us. We no longer have to feel the crushing weight of our own sin. Instead, we have been set free. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And because of that, we are able to live by faith, not by the law. We're able to live by the Spirit, not by the letter. And that means that we trust in God and His grace and His mercy. It means we can let go of worries and pressures and stress and anxieties and guilt. It means we're able to have compassion first on ourselves and then on the other people around us. That's ultimately what the Reformation was about. It's about our restored relationship with God and one another through grace and forgiveness. And it's about the freedom that comes with that. And in his name, amen. Oh Lord, here I am again. I keep coming back to you. Awful things I do, sins I regret, so hard to forget. Help me believe, Jesus, please don't forsake me.
as I do Would they still love me The way that you do Jesus forgive So I can live I'm so relieved You'll never leave Don't forsake me Take me, just take me, and make me into who I need to be. Please just hold me, console me, and mold me into who you want to see. Please just wake me and break me, remake me, your grace, it sets me free. I bow before you, implore you, adore you for all eternity. Don't 